First, you must realize that you have no idea before you can know the idea. We scan across all the frequencies if we want to learn anything new. Let us begin. What has physics done for me lately? Furthermore, the equation E is equal we have now acquired a fateful power to alter and to destroy nature. That's like when you're in physics and you get a dream about saying, oh, this is a physics excursion. What is it all about? The whole of human history all falls in the dust of one stroke of the nail file. You can't really get to grips with evolution unless you realize uh, what an enormous amount of time. Our own planet is only a tiny part of the vast cosmic tapestry, a starry fabric of worlds yet untold. Good morning. You tune into what can only be described as the best radio station on this blue dot we call planet Earth. The station is of course 4ZZZ. Be it on your conventional wireless radio by tuning into the classic frequency 102.1 FM. Digital devices such as DAB or smart speaker listening via the Community Radio Plus app or streaming us live from our sensational website at 4ZZZ.org.au and of course you can always listen back to us or any 4ZZZ show for that matter using the ingenious on-demand feature also found at that URL. The show is of course no idea spelt with a K your weekly dose of science and joining me today to speak all things science are some of my favourite science communicators. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning, Izzy. Morning. How cool is that? Pretty cool, Max. Pretty cool. It's a special week this week because we haven't got Gabe, so Woo-hoo! I thought I'd go no rogue. I'd go rogue. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate Shark Week this week. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I know. We needed Peter here, didn't we, for that? I yeah. wonder if Peter sent anything in. I haven't checked. We'll find out. <laughs> Keep listening. We'll find out. <laughs> That's right. For those unfamiliar with the show... It's our weekly dose of science, and we speak about what a bit of weird science at the top of the bracket, mm-hmm. and then we might talk about some marine science, mm. and then we talk about, well, motorsport. Is that science? It's still science. It's science of sorts. Yeah, especially what happened this weekend. That's right. And then we got the space science to top it all off. As an avid listener of Community Radio, we know you love supporting live local music. So the Tivoli and the Princess Theatre want to love you right back with $10 off tips to some of their open season gigs, including First Beige, Full Flower Moon Band, Nairi and QSO, and Set Roulette. Head to openseason.live and use the code ZSUB. Open Season are a proud sponsor of 4ZZZ. That's right, you're tuned into 4ZZZ and the show is No Idea with Max, Jay and Izzy. And yes. Izzy, you oh, did that spot, didn't you? And yes, you, you had so much trouble with the Full Flower Moon Band. Yes, you kept I did. Co- calling it Full Moon Flower Band. Or, Thanks, Max. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have kicked you out. Yeah, <laughs> that was a funny day. What do you got for a CD? Uh, we're talking deep fakes. Do you guys think anyone could replace Keanu Reeves in The Matrix? Or Margot Robbie. In Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think so? Yes, 100%. Who? Oh, it, it, like on. a digital digital representation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be talking about deep fakes. 
for this weird science. Now, if you don't know what a deepfake is, it is basically a combination of generation and synthesis algorithms created from deep learning. This is when machines are fed raw content and through multiple layers of learning, they can extract high quality features. So an example of this may be in imaging processing where the lower layers, at the lower layers of processing, a machine would be able to identify like the edges of an image, whilst the higher layers would be like human faces or objects. Here on No Idea, we have talked about the highs and lows of AI, whether it's helping us work faster, like we talked about last week, or receive better content in our algorithms, even at the sacrifice of accuracy. So, from the University College Cork in Ireland, researchers interviewed 436 people to complete an online survey that included watching deepfake videos of fake movie remakes starring A-list celebrities such as Will Smith playing Neo in The Matrix and Angelina Jolie in The Shining. In some cases, they had participants read text descriptions of the remakes instead of watching the deepfakes. An average of 49% of participants believed each fake remake was real and remembered them better than the original. However, the results from the tech description research group were also quite high in kind of how they remembered it. So whilst deepfake videos may be effective in distorting your memory, your recall, they may not be as powerful as other memory distortions. So there was a variety of um, movies that they ran them through. So I think they had yeah Angelina Jolie in The Shining. They had The Matrix. They had Jaws as well. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. bunch of very classic movies. I think Jurassic Park as well, where they just deep faked other celebrities, and people just remember. They're like, yeah, this is facts. This is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw that film. Yeah, yeah, I saw that film. Yeah, I totally remember yeah, Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson in Jurassic Park. What do you mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that's my weird science. I, I thought. You know, there's like a whole subgenre of people doing like knockoff films. Yeah. Like Jurassic, I don't know, Dinosaur World, Dinosaur mm. Park, and mm. it's just like mm. a complete knockoff. Mm. I would like to see. I, if th- is this the future of it? I just hate how easily our mushy little brains are tricked. (laughs) Like, we're so easily manipulated. We like to think we're so clever, but we will just sit there and be like, yeah, this is how I remember this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but it's kind of interesting. Like, look, obviously, I have lots of thoughts about AI, but right now I'm just thinking, like, what a future where you can literally choose the cast. Ah! No, but, like, imagine, though, like, a movie comes out and you can just be like, well, do you know who I want to see in this? It would Mm. be like The Sims. It would be like (laughs) The Sims. It's perfect. You just, yeah, don't like this casting. Next. (laughs) You know who I've always wanted to see in a dinosaur park? And then you just put them in there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That'd be kind of fun, actually. That's so Sims. Yeah, I would would actually really get into that. Reality is whatever you want to make it, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, they're problematic. Outcasted. Just, like, yes. Easy. Become your own director. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to see, yeah, like a deep fake movie where it's just like it's just random person. It's like the most generic like Ken doll Mm. male actor, and you're like, no, change the face. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a little dehumanizing, but like whatever. Yeah, who cares if we dehumanize (laughs) and objectify people a little? (laughs) You consented to it. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, AI Mm. is whatever you make it. I love ethics. And Jay, you went and saw the Barbie film? I did go and see the Barbie film. What's what's the consensus on that? Well, my main takeaway from that film was Ryan Gosling. Hmm. Oh, my God. There are thoughts I had 
that I didn't realise I could have. <laughs> he's, he's 42. He is 42 and he's yeah, yeah. in that movie. He's and fit, he's, isn't he? He's so fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty fine. But his job, Ken's job is just beach. Yeah, that's his only job. Yeah, I God. felt <laughs> I felt like I, yeah. Uh, no, it was a good movie. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was a bit of fun. Yeah. I mean, I think some people expected like it to be a very like super feminist film, and I think it's a Barbie film, and it's never really going to be that. It mm. tried to be that. Mm-hmm. But I personally went in expecting just a couple hours of silliness, and that's yeah. exactly what I got. So I had a great time. Yeah. I, I like seeing people dress up. That yeah, was the most yeah. fun yeah, part. Yeah, like, that was um, fun part I went on Friday when Oppenheimer also dropped. I yeah. didn't see Oppenheimer because I was at work, but I went to Barbie afterwards. Mm. And it was so lovely seeing... Like, guys, everyone's dressed in pink. Everyone... A few people did fit changes where they went from the black to the pink. It was just... It was a great day. I think someone from the Oppenheimer cast said, you know, it's a great day from film. Because yeah. you just spend the entire day in the cinema. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Dropping between Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it needs to be. Welcome back to big cinema. Exactly. Rather than staying exactly. at home watching It's like on the Jaws the effect streaming. where people yeah. are actually going to the cinema. I just love yeah. every time there's a whole thing about like, theatre's finally dying. No one's going to go to the cinemas anymore. And then it's like, yeah. what if the whole world went to see two movies at once for a weekend? Uh-uh. Job done. Yeah. Love it. It's apparently it's Shark Week. It's like shark a Discovery week. Channel week. thing. Shark Week. <laughs> shark Week. I love Shark Week. Let's do it. Part two of this. What do you got for us, Max? Well, (laughs) (laughs) full disclosure on this one. Uh, it's uh, terrible. No, 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 no. no. If you showed us this story in the break, it's awful. <laughs> this article first appeared on Ask Technica's website on the 8th of July. I fed the OG text into chat GPT to make it more concise for today's weird science. Pity it couldn't do the same for the photograph. Uh, Rest uh, assured, good data in, good data out. No chat GPT hallucinations here, let's hope anyway. <laughs> A recent medical case in Ohio reported a man developed a rare and unusual condition known as hairy tongue syndrome. In this case, his tongue was covered with a shaggy carpet of green fibres, which is an atypical colour for this condition. Hairy tongue syndrome is a benign which means harmless, condition where the rough surface on the top of the tongue fails to shed old cells properly, leading to the build-up of debris and the formation of long, hair-like structures. The exact cause of this condition is not fully understood, but it is associated with certain factors such as age, smoking, alcohol use, coffee or black tea consumption, poor oral hygiene, types of cancers and certain medications, particularly antibiotics. While the appearance of the condition can be unsettling and disturbing, as we saw, it is generally harmless and self-limiting. Common symptoms uh, associated with hairy tongue include gagging, nausea, taste problems, I reckon that would be a big one, dry mouth, pain or bad breath. However, Treatment for hairy tongue is relatively simple, incorporating some positive reassurance, proper oral care, and avoiding potential triggers such as smoking. In most cases, the condition should resolve itself within a few days 
to at worst a few weeks. In the case of the Ohio man, he was a 64-year-old smoker who had recently completed a course of antibiotics for a periodontal infection before the tongue condition developed. His doctors advised him to quit smoking and to brush his tongue four times a day to aid in the shedding of cells. At his six-month follow-up, the man's tongue had returned to normal, although he did give a miss to some of the medical advice and kept smoking. So there you go. So my main takeout is carpet tongue is benign. Maybe give up smoking as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just me. And also drinking tea and coffee. Because how many cups of each do you have a day, Max? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to get hairy tongue. You're basically, okay. It was like, yeah, no, have no fun. Do nothing. <laughs> and you won't get a hairy tongue. That's boo. Right. Yeah, boo, boo. Felon's Barrel Hall is the electric night to Felon's blissful day. An adventurous space inspired by the beer halls of Germany, the hall houses over 20,000 litres of beer and barrels masterfully blended by the brewers and conditioned with live music blaring against each one. Punchy, bold and fearless, they're celebrating Australia's emerging artists every week. Rock in, roll up and let your hair down. Oh yeah, Felon's Barrel Hall are a proud sponsor of 4 Triple Z. What was that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let your hair down, baby. Thanks, Ian. That was excellent. We're going to talk about sharks a bit more, aren't we? Yes, we What do you got for us? Yeah, well, back when V and I uh, thought we had something to prove on this (laughs) show, (laughs) we used to do these really, really well-researched little pre-records. It's also back when we had a lot more time because we were like... (laughs) Much earlier on in our uni. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And one of the stories that we did was on a the virgin birth of a shark. Oh yeah. A shark. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A shark that was. This would have been twenty twenty one, wouldn't it? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. It was an incredibly fun story that has haunted me ever since. (laughs) Uh, so let's have a listen to it. Okay, Jay. What's the last thing you'd expect to cross off on your 2021 bingo card? Hmm, the last thing I would expect to happen in 2021. I find inner peace and have a relatively calm semester in which I study all of the content, achieve moderately good grades, and finally remember what it's like to be proud of myself. Oh. You know what? I shouldn't have asked. Look, my point is... 2021 has been a year where a lot of weird, mind-bending, and downright life-changing stuff has happened. The newest addition to that list is the birth of a shark. If the birth of a shark is weird to you, I feel like we've been having very different experiences of 2021. It's not just about the fact a shark was born, it's about the details. The Italian journalist agency broke the news on August 30th that this baby shark was born in an Italian aquarium tank that was home to only female sharks. Mamma mia. I'm going to take that as you being impressed. I refuse to give you the satisfaction. What's the catch? Was the shark inseminated? Nope. It's likely the little shark was born through a process called parthenogenesis. It's a process for single organism reproduction that's been observed in some amphibians, reptiles, and even birds like chickens and turkeys. No way, hold on. I'm way more interested in that now. An asexually reproducing chicken? Funny you should say asexual reproduction. What makes you think it's asexual? Uh, well, I thought all reproduction where something produces a clone of itself is asexual. Is 
that not how it works? Well, it depends on who you ask. The kind of parthenogenesis that's been observed in these sharks is called automixis. It describes the fusion of two gametes to create an embryo. The key part is that during this fusion, recombinant DNA is produced. Okay, first year uni is saving me here. Recombinant DNA is formed when chromosomes touch and transfer bits of their genetic material to each other, effectively reshuffling their DNA to create new allele combinations, right? Right. The resulting reshuffled DNA is called recombinant DNA. The reason why this matters is that the embryo that forms from this process isn't an exact clone of the mother. Automixis is a process that can result in some limited genetic diversity. Because of this, some scientists consider automixis a sexual process. So basically this shark had sex with itself. That's kind of based. I guess so, but it's not a completely viable way to preserve the species. Parthenogenesis is more like a last-ditch effort. For one thing, most sharks have litters of up to 10 pups at once, while the few documented parthenogenesis events in sharks have only resulted in a single pup. And that pup has pretty limited genetic diversity. So ultimately, it would be pretty hard for sharks to ensure the continuation of their species just through parthenogenesis. But for other species, parthenogenesis is the norm. The desert grassland whiptail lizard is a species of lizard that is exclusively female. That's incredible! Yep. But this process doesn't just occur with eggs. Androgenesis is the process through which the sperm of some species hijacks an egg, leading to a baby produced exclusively from the male DNA. As an article in Philosophical Transactions in 2015 explained, this is strange because in these cases, normal sexual reproduction is possible. Female parthenogenesis makes sense when it's the only option for reproduction in a same-sex environment. But androgenesis requires an egg, which makes it a little harder to justify from an evolutionary perspective. Especially when some cases of androgenesis have been so successful in producing a male bias sex ratio that it led to the extinction of a population. Ugh, it's like a metaphor for Australian politics. But okay, fine, I'll say it. I'm impressed with your weird news about this Italian shark. A virgin shark birth is kind of incredible. It's almost divine. In fact, I bet you could make a religion out of this. <laughs> what would you call it? I don't know, maybe... Fishtianity? Sometimes I worry about you, Jay. You're tuned into 4ZZZ. The show is No Idea, your weekly dose of science with Max, Izzy, and Jay. And Jay, you wanted to talk about the shark story, the virgin birth. Yes, 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 yes. We had a story about a shark that gave birth through parthenogenesis, which is the process. Um, it's not technically asexual reproduction, but it is the process where an organism can give birth to a child without having sex. And I know what you're thinking, because it's what I thought. Thank God that doesn't happen in humans. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, I have terrible news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so parthenogenesis does occur in humans, and it's more popular than you'd think it is, but it doesn't result in the birth of a child, which you're probably thinking, like, thank God, can't get much worse than that. <laughs> no, it can, it can. <laughs> no, it can. Um, so what it does result in is a tumour that can grow at random, and this tumour often contains baby teeth. 
and oh, yeah. yes, I know what you're talking yep. about. It's so gross. And hair and oh. like the startings of uh, what would have been a baby if we were capable of full parthenogenesis. It's also, by the way, the inspiration behind one of the tough Doctor Who episodes of <laughs> all time, <laughs> which is yeah. um, the one, the adipose one with the little the little guys, the little squishy guys, mm. and oh, the Doctor yeah. and Donna meet back yeah. up, and it's yeah. like the best thing ever. And it's <laughs> like Teratoma, one of my favorite. Teratomas, they're called. that's correct. That's the name of the tumor <gasps> of when your body attempts parthenogenesis. Please don't look up anything that we talk about today, no. by the way. <laughs> the gag episode, very <laughs> <laughs> <Harry> tongue syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> with teeth yeah. yeah don't don't just don't just but feel free to text in on 0420 with any shark related material I had bones ring in before talking about the cocaine shark so I'll talk about that in the next hour. Cocaine, is that like cocaine bear? A bit like cocaine that. Similarly, yeah, drug drops, yeah. And, no and, and way. the sharks are fighting the them. Shark. No way. Yeah, how cool oh, is that? Oh, they need to make a movie that, out of yeah. that. This is quite strange, but have you ever heard about the Cronulla shark? Like, this was a BuzzFeed Unsolved right. episode, but Yay. yeah, it was BuzzFeed like Unsolved. Whole, yeah, yeah. Cronulla Aquarium in yeah. Sydney used to have a shark. Oh. And it came from the Sydney Harbour, and mm. it one day it spat out a human hand. <laughs> and it was related to a massive drug deal that was happening at Sydney Harbour oh, in which okay. they had pushed a man off a boat yeah. into Sydney Harbour to which the shark had eaten him. Mm. And that was the missing evidence for an entire cold case because <laughs> they couldn't find the, yeah, the, the, the fingerprints yeah. and the tattoo that he had on his no. arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think I butchered some of those details, but yeah. that's an interesting... That is. I'm just talking about sharks. That mm. was especially in our own backyard, like in Sydney Harbour. Anyway, exactly. that's fascinating. It is really cool. Speaking of shark movies, mm. I know I just oh, said we need cocaine shark. I do want to share. There's a movie I haven't seen, but I is really. Is it a New Zealand film? It's a New Zealand film <laughs> <laughs> that I really desperately want to see. Yeah. Um, it's called Ghost Shark 2 Urban Jaws. <laughs> it looks so cool. There is no Ghost Shark 1. Yeah, this yeah. is a movie about a paranormal investigation where they need to hunt down the ghost of a shark that is terrorizing Auckland and it looks beautiful the poster is just a big red fin and the words goddamn which <laughs> 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 I think is beautiful um, so yeah text in if you have any shark facts if oh, you've okay. ever grown a teeth tumor mm. Or if you've seen Ghost Shark 2, yeah. Urban Jaws, and want to know spoilers, tell me how good it is. There we go. It's called the right. Shark Arm Case. Sorry. And you, if you haven't subscribed yet, get onto the website at 4ZZZ.org.au mm-hmm. forward slash support and subscribe. Nice. And there's many benefits to being a sub, isn't there, Max? Like, if you text in, we can see your name. You we can. can, we yeah. can all the yeah. lights go off and we party. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's the most important part to me. It's all yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, support yeah. community radio, yeah, right. support local news and all that stuff. The lights no, go uh, off. Lights go and right. it makes me happy. But you can also hold off until next month, about the 11th, isn't it? August, uh, mm-hmm. when Radiothon starts and you get into the running of some really great prizes. And I we love just saw Radiothon. the artwork, didn't we? we oh, just it's saw the so good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, then the oh. theme to it and yeah. everything. Like, we go full ham for this Radiothon. <laughs> I can't wait. I love doing open house and showing people off the old Radiothon posters. Yeah, Because yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's just it's just a Z thing. I have, I have a poster from every year's Radiothon that I've been here on my wall. And it's like oh, my favorite cool part of my room. That's yeah, cool my little so. triple Z corner. So, yeah, we yeah, might go a little sanctum. bit crazy during yeah, that period of time. Hear us on the airwaves. Anyway, Max. All right, you tuned into Four Triple Z, and the show is No Idea. With me, Max, Jay, I've got my son streaming in 
to do the Formula One. But before G'day. that, Jay, yeah, we had a text in. You would have heard earlier we played a story about a shark that was able to give birth through parthenogenesis, which is a process where you can just spontaneously have a baby. And I explained how that process does happen in humans, but it doesn't result in the birth of a baby. It just results in something called a teratoma, Mm -hmm. which is a tumor that can have like teeth in it, essentially. And we had a text in from someone. Brooke texted in and said that they had a dermoid that's a, ter- a kind of teratoma, mm. a fully formed jawbone with six molar teeth in the ovary. That's incredible. Mm, bit of pain. I, yeah, apparently it hurt very much. I can imagine it did <laughs> hurt very much. Thank you so much for texting in and sharing that story. That's really incredible. Ah, It's so... Ah. Human bodies, they're so weird and wild and fantastic. <laughs> I think this whole show is a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, let's let's just get into the science. Our safe space. Triple Z. We want to appeal to your senses. Okay, it's time for the best part of the show. Loosely defined as science, yeah, you already know. Everybody listens to you for Triple Z just to hear us talking about what Butters just did. Subscriptions just keep rolling like the tires on a car. But something tells me that our science careers won't go far. But unlike an engine, I won't keep you in suspension. We're all here to hear him talk, so let's give him attention. You're not ready. Ready for when he starts rapping, gonna hand that mic to Max, and I'm not talking Van Staffen. I'm proud of that it's last one sound, too, by the way. Away we yeah. go. <laughs> Sal GP happened on the weekend off Los Angeles. Ten F50 catamarans under the guise of belonging to a country <laughs> had some decent breeze for the first three of the fleet races for the regatta. Australia, of course, assumed their normal position at the top of the ladder after the three races. Then the second day of racing saw two more fleet races in less wind. Uh, and then the final race on the Sunday, a winner takes all. Uh, it was between Australia, Denmark and Spain. It was in very light winds. Australia had a dismal start. We were, mm. we were late to the, to the starting line. So Spain got ahead of us and Denmark too. So what happened was... Spain took advantage and went on to win. Denmark came home second. And Australia was third. But do not worry because Australia is still top of the leaders' board for season four. We've, we've won the last three seasons. So probably going to win another season. Bodes well. Yeah, it does bode well. The other nine teams dislike Australia immensely. <laughs> Interesting, though, that uh, New Zealand and England metaphorically failed to show up as it were, at the regatta. They're usually our main competition, but they weren't anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, this regatta. Mm. The next sale GP regatta will be in France. They're taking about a month off, and we'll probably see them in September. IndyCar in the States happened on the weekend. That's an open car, open wheeler car thing. was held in Iowa on an oval circuit last weekend. Aussie willpower. Qualified on pole for the race. Unfortunately, this did not translate into a win for him. With Will finishing in fifth, American Joseph Newgarden won both the races over the weekend. Okay, we're slowly getting making our way to Formula One. But yeah. before we the main do, event, the main event, F two, 
If you're wondering who's that voice sounds similar to mine, that's my son, Max, as well. We're going to talk about F2 and Jack Doohan. Oh, we just got a subscriber. Yo, thank you for subscribing. Beautiful. Where's the baby harp, sir? Oh, we need the baby harp. Oh, we need to play the baby. Oh, we have to bring that back for Radiothon. Here we do. That's a Radiothon special. (laughs) We play the noise of a baby harp seal every time someone subscribes. Yeah, and really it just sounds like Gabe's really excited. That's right. <laughs> and Aiden just texted in, so great to hear Sail GP get some airtime. Of course, why wouldn't I? I love boats. Anyway, Jack yeah. Doohan, F2. He's part of the, he's like the third driver for Renault, isn't he? Alpine. Yeah, he's an Alpine young driver, yeah. yeah. Alpine young driver. Qualified on pole for the Hungry Race. Then there was a reverse grid. Do you want to talk to that about what happened on the Saturday? Yeah, well, so F2 uh, has a sprint race, but unlike F1, their format is effectively one qualifying and then the top 10 gets reversed. So if you qualify, say, fifth, that gives you almost the best options on both. But on a circuit like Hungary, you definitely want to be towards the pointy end because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just hard to overtake. The, The description I hear often used is Monaco without walls. Yeah. So you've got a little bit of freedom to mess up, but at the end of the day, maybe it's hard to pull off an overtake. So ultimately, Jack only finished 10th. That's what he gets for That's getting a hole for the feature race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. And then the Sunday feature race, he was allowed to start from the front because he qualified first. And he went on to win the race, which is really good. And yeah. his father, Mick Doohan, who's more my vintage, he was there to celebrate. <laughs> Mick Doohan, he used to win the uh, MotoGP, which is used to be called back in the day 500cc. So he was world champion like seven times or something crazy like that. Was it five? Could be five. I think it's five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's good to see Sun uh, winning as well in F2. So hopefully we'll see Jack in an F1 car soon. No, yeah. be- Ho- hopefully Renault do give him the chance um, mm. or put him somewhere else on the grid, but... Uh- because you know what that means, don't you? We'll have not just one, not two, oh, yeah. but three Australians on the grid. That'd nice. be unheard of, I think. I'd, I, I, we should look up that stat. Have we ever had three Formula One drivers I doubt on the it. grid at one time? Could, I, I, I heavily doubt it. Could be good. Now, keeping with the shark theme. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> okay. This is a royalty-free instrumental. <laughs> a royalty-free <Yeah>. baby song. <laughs> okay. Sing along, everybody. Fascinated to find out what this has to do with cars. Well, Baby Shark, this little jingle became very popular when Pink Fong, a South Korean entertainment company, released a version of the song Yes. with a YouTube music video that yes. went viral. In January 2022, it became the first YouTube video to reach 10 billion views. Man. In wow. No- in November 2020, Pink Fong's version became the most viewed yeah, yeah, at all time, with o- and with over 12 billion views now, as of April 2023. Okay. Cool, cool. So has that got anything to do with anything else? It does. When, well, I, when I told my son that we're doing a shark-themed... Uh, show this week. Uh-huh. He pointed me towards some audio that Carlos Sainz Jr., he uh, drives for Formula One. Yeah. His engineer 
sang the song, Baby Shark. Baby Shark. <laughs> After the end of a race. I have no idea how I remembered that either. Yeah, yeah. But it's the strangest thing. That's where it sort of loosely ties in. It's, uh-huh. it's a very long bow. It's a very long bow. Anyway, F1 on the weekend. Two Australians on the grid. A new tyre allocation for qualifying. Oh, this is exciting. Do you like this idea? I, I, I do. I, I almost think they should do it for the race in a way as well. But anyway, I think it's fun to try it for quality. So Q1, which is the first part of qualifying where there's all 20 players racing around. They had to drive exclusively on hard tyres. Then five get cut and then you go into Q2. And then you, they all had, were mandated to, ride, to drive on medium tyres. And then another five get cut. And then we're down to 10 drivers on the field. And they all had to use softs for Q3. Yeah. And the idea there being that you're never going to have a lap in Q2 that's quicker than in Q3. Like, I think that actually happened at Silverstone mm. last week. Oh, so I think that's the, that's the idea. It should always be faster. Yes. It also gives some of the lower teams a bit of a chance as well. So, like, your Haases or your Alphas that can really fire up their hards. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, say, I mean, there, there was one front runner that had a bit of trouble. I mean, Mercedes actually had a bit of trouble. They did, didn't they? Firing up the hard tyres, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But talking about Mercedes, for once, Red Bull wasn't on top, wasn't pole. It was actually Lewis Hamilton driving a Mercedes. And it's been quite a while, I think, since 2021 he hasn't been on pole. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, yep. <laughs> it was the very last race of 21, I believe, or... No, no, second to last or something like that. And I was talking to station manager today about... Um, he said he switched on and watched a free practice one. And everyone couldn't stop laughing when they saw a Red Bull hit the uh, fence because Sergio Perez <laughs> was driving it. And the side had been it like two minutes in, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just uh, that big Rick energy on the grid, you know. <laughs> really worrying him, isn't it? Yeah. So when he, he ended up starting from ninth position on the grid. Yes. And managed to get on the podium, though. So a good drive from Sergio in the end, after all the fun being made about him not being able to drive. Yeah, I, I think it was a good it was a good performance. The, And this is somewhat contradictory to what I was saying before about, you know, Monaco without walls, but it just reminds me of um, 2018, the 2018 Hungary race, mm. where Ricardo started in 12th and got 4th right. in a far less dominant Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes me feel like if he's starting ninth, shouldn't he be second? I mean, I mean, I guess that's taking some credit away from the the progress that McLaren has made. Definitely, but, yeah. Because you still have yeah. to pass them, don't you? So you just still have to pass them. Yeah, yeah. And Catching that, is one thing. Yeah, and it's a pretty quick car now that McLaren, with all the upgrades. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Anyway, we just talk about the race a bit. So lap one. So Daniel Ricciardo, he's starting from position what? Fifteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. And he got tapped in the back by Joe Wanyu. Is that right? In the Alpha Maria? Yep. That's it. And then that had the knock-on effect that Ricardo managed to take out both of the Alpines, his old drive, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a big finger to Renault there from Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, and, and I'd like to I'd like to make some sort of comparison there to like uh, Singapore 2017 mm. with the two with uh, Verstappen bowling out the two uh, Ferraris, but uh, <laughs> in that case the Ferraris were actually starting at the front of the grid. So oh yes, a bit yeah, of a different a case. Shame. Yeah, 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 a bit of a different case. The um, where was I heading? Oh yeah, so there was a bit of damage to Daniel's car. So this meant he was at the back of the field for a lo- uh, for a bit of the race, 
And he took the active decision to tell Alpha Tori that I'm coming in for new tyres. And they said, well, you're coming in a bit early, aren't you? And he said, no, no, we're coming in. So he, he came in and put the mediums on, didn't he? Yeah, it was a very odd decision. Mm. I, I thought they were, it was almost like a team call insofar as, you know, look, just get some laps in at the back. We'll retire the car in a few laps, but just get a little bit more running in. But no, he managed to recover all the positions he'd lost mm. and uh, finished the race in 13th. And he, very imp- impressive drive. Yeah, on the medium tyres, he managed to get 41 laps out of them, which is pretty impressive. Meanwhile, fellow Aussie Oscar Piastri, he was in second there for a while. And then he was. They had the different tire strategy. Uh, yeah, sort of. He had some floor damage too, apparently. So yeah, when did he pick that up? No, I don't I, know. Yeah. I think they they say that everywhere he gets floor damage. Anyway. Yeah. He ultimately finished fifth, so not on po- not on the gri- on the podium. Still uh, an impressive drive, though. I do have to say because I think the last time I was on uh, the motor wrap, mm. I was sort of saying, you know. I'm a bit worried about Piastri because, you know, winning F2 isn't everything. I mean, we think about, you know, the other F2 winners like Nick DeFries, mm. you know. It's it's maybe not as great an indicator for um, F1 performance. Yeah, yeah, exactly, true. performance at the top flight. Yeah. But um, I think uh, between Silverstone and this race, he's definitely cemented himself as a force to be reckoned with. Anyway, there was no need to guess who won the race. It was a Red Bull, which is still the fastest car out there. Max Verstappen won the race. Oscar's teammate, Lando Norris, in the McLaren, finished second. And, as we said, a good recovery from Max's teammate, Sergio Perez, finishing third in the other Red Bull. Did you see uh, Lando destroy the trophy? It was beautiful, wasn't it? Because he smacked down his champagne, didn't he? Yeah, which is like the Aussie thing to do, right? Yeah. And it apparently (laughs) cost like 40 grand or something, that trophy, to to make. Forty grand, and they're getting another one made for him. I, th- I reckon they should just leave it the way it is because the oh, Red Bull were happy. They yeah, put it in their display like case. Yeah, 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 all broken. Yeah, Looks yeah. Why not? Though. Gives it character. A bit of, a bit of yeah story backline. Anyway, the Valtteri. Bo- Are you any more on Formula One? No, I think that's it. I think we covered just about everything there. Yeah. Okay. Got your message, Dave. I can look after the desk for. Now the Valtteri Bottas and Roman Grosjean report the Alpha Romeo of Valtteri Bottas was a rocket ship during qualifying, ruffling a few feathers from their fellow Italian team, Ferrari. He managed to qualify seventh, and his teammate, fifth. Come race day, Bottas finished just out of the points in 12th, just ahead of the Honey Badger. Yeah, and I think that's actually probably the last thing I do want to mention is mm. the, um, the fact that Leclerc could not actually believe the uh, simulations Ferrari had on the Alphas. mm he thought it was like a mistake, but then, you know, come quality, he was like, oh, they are actually quicker <laughs> than us. Right. And then, so it does translate, which is interesting. The simulations do translate to real world. Yeah. Meanwhile, Roman Grosjean, the Phoenix, racing in IndyCar, he finished 11th in Saturday's race and 12th in Sunday's race. And that is it for the motor wrap this week, Jay, unless you've got anything to say mm. to add to the equation. Anything as more it were. for me to add to racing science? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> got nothing? <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't even think of a joke. The um, We got a text in from Andrew. He says, love boats. Have a look at the record-breaking performances in the 2023 Fastnet race. We have about a half dozen boats in it, most still sailing. So, yeah, okay, I should talk more about boats on the motor app. Let's get back. Uh, hang on. Yeah. That, that's, that is where I'm a little confused. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very loose. Don't question the logic of the murder rap. <laughs> uh, point taken. Okay. Let's talk about cocaine sharks, eh? Yes! Finally, we can talk about cocaine sharks! Yeah, not cocaine bears, but cocaine sharks, but it's the same sort of end result. <laughs> this article was published on the Guardian website on Saturday. Scientists researching for Discovery's upcoming Shark Week, which is this week, have found evidence of sharks exhibiting peculiar behaviours off the coast of Florida. <laughs> they suspect that sharks may be consuming bales of hallucinatory drugs dumped in the ocean by passing traffickers. The show, titled Cocaine Sharks, aims to shed light on the larger problem of pollutants entering natural water bodies and affecting aquatic life. Marine scientists observed sharks behaving erratically and experimented with dummy bales and bait loaded with fish powder to simulate cocaine, <laughs> leading the sharks, leading to the sharks displaying unusual behaviours. The research indicates that pollutants in the water may be a significant threat to marine life and the fragile ocean ecosystem. Further investigation is needed to determine the extent of cocaine ingestion by sharks. That's incredible. I can't wait till that movie comes out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's week. very serious, yeah, but yeah, yeah. wow. I know. Isn't it interesting how they're actually seeking out those bales, yeah. knowing full well yeah. that they're going to get a hit from it? <laughs> That's so wild. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no, you really can't. <laughs> shark stories are crazy. Yeah, I'm yeah. still thinking about uh, Izzy's story about the shark that coughed up a whole human forearm, <laughs> which which closed was a cold it? case. <laughs> Izzy looked that up in that break, and that's yeah. fully true. Like it, it was just like sick in front of a bunch of kids and just solved a, a drug trafficking case by throwing up an arm. <laughs> that's so wild. As you do. Now, last Thursday... Mm. Uh, Lucy, who usually does Zedgeist, was interviewing um, people who like to text in a lot. Yeah. And she was talking to Terry and got his opinion on... Uh, this was on the Thursday program at 10 o'clock, which is Talking Zeds. Anyway, we got 10... Um, she asked, what is your favourite show? And I'll let Terry do the talking. Do you have a favourite 4 Z show? Oh. <laughs> it would be, you know what? I would love to say that it was uh, Zed guys. Don't say Zed guys. <laughs> Don't say or, or, or it. <laughs> or even Rhinestone Cowgirl mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. Liminal Space. But you know what? We're going to have to go with the uncancelable No Idea. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I learned so much. That's such a great choice. I also mm. love tuning in every week. Um, I mean, it's had such a special place in everyone's hearts over the years at the moment. I I love the F1 updates <laughs> that Max puts in. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> um, they are, are uncancelable, Lucy. That's just the way it is. And it's a great it. show. <laughs> it's summer and time for the beach. La, 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 I'm in the water. Look at all the pretty little fish packed together. Marco! Polo! Marco! Polo! Oh, oh, what's that dark shadow? Marco? Why, they're bait fish, and sharks love them. If you see a lot of bait fish in the water, and dolphins or birds diving after them, don't go in. Sharks may be dining on the bait buffet too. 
So remember kids, when you swim with bait fish, you too may become shark bait. Be sensible and get out of the water. I get it. Swimming in a bait ball isn't the smartest thing to do. For Triple Z, we care about our listeners. And sharks. That's right, you tune into Four Triple Z and the show with no idea with Max and Jay and Terry just heard a shout out. Uncancelable. Missed most of the show, damn it. Called uh, Roll Racing in Sydney and was won by a 2200 horsepower GTR streetcar. Thanks, Terry. Oh, cool. Yeah. Time for a bit of this. No idea. Space news. Dragonfly wings, Jay. Mm. University of Pennsylvania. QS ranking. Um. 46. 12. Damn. Researchers there have demonstrated that the wings of a Boeing 777 aircraft could potentially be made lighter and stronger by borrowing from nature. The team applied their findings to real-world scenarios by incorporating dragonfly-inspired designs into a 2D extruded airframe of a Boeing 777 wing at a 1 to 120 scale and observed a significant improvement in the structural efficiency of the wings. The Dragonfly design enhanced the out-of-plane stiffness by an astonishing 25%, suggesting the potential for lighter and a more efficient wing design, and ultimately a less fuel burn for a given flight. How cool is nature? Nature is awesome. They've got, got all over us, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Just evolution. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the IS, ISS, the International Space Station? Yes. CAM, C-A-M. No. It stands for Centrifuge Accommodations Module. Okay. Does it spin you really fast? Well, it was meant to uh, provide artificial gravity on okay. the ISS. Yeah. By uh, spinning you really fast? Yeah. I don't know. I'm <laughs> not sure. It never got sent up there. Okay. It was built by the uh, JAXA, the Japanese uh, aerospace people. And it was meant to simulate a range of G-forces between 0.1 of a G to 2G mm-hmm. in the microgravity uh, environment up there in orbit. But unfortunately, like all things, uh, cost overruns for the ISS mm-hmm. and scheduling problems with getting the space shuttle to send it up there. The module was cancelled back in 2005. And there was another module that was meant to go up there called the Habitation Module and the, and the crew return vehicle, and they never got sent up there either. Damn. Mm. Starship. They're thinking about using Starship. What happens when the ISS is decommissioned in 2030? Mm. NASA won't have a spaceport up there anymore mm-hmm. to go up. So they're thinking, why don't we use a Starship from SpaceX as a potentially an ISS to in orbit? Okay. Because it's got plenty of room on board. It's fairly long. It's like 50 meters long. Yeah. So that's, they're just thinking that it could be repurposed to be a commercial space station. Anyway, they've got a keen interest on it. They've started planning towards it, so we'll see what happens. Interesting. Four-legged robots mm-hmm. could join rovers and airborne spacecraft in the future, stepping into treacherous regions rovers cannot access with their wheels and making exploration more efficient. Uh, University of Switzerland, they're called ETH Zurich, QS ranking. Um... I'm going to go with nine. Seven. Damn. 
That was close. I was going to say six. Researchers there have designed a pack of three semi-autonomous bots that are able to work both independently and together. The three robots are elegantly named Scout, Scientist, and Hybrid. I should have named my child Scientist. That would have been cool, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you went with the very original Max. Yeah, well, you know. Every robot has a LiDAR sensor. That's a laser. laser. Mm -hmm. And legs, but different in other ways. The Scout model main objective is to survey its surrounding using an RGB camera to map regions and objects of interest. The Scientist model has an arm attached featuring a mirror, which is a Metrome Instant Raymond Analyzer, and a micro, which is a microscopic imager, the Myra is able to identify chemicals in materials found on the surface of the demonstra- of the of the uh, the site they're checking out. Um, while the Micro is on the wrist of the arm and it's managed to get images close up, the Hybrid robot is somewhere in between those two robots, helping out the Scout and the scientists with measurements of scientific targets such as boulders and craters. Have you heard about the boomerang meteorite? I haven't. Okay. Apparently, it's a dark reddish-brown stone, and it was picked up in the Sahara Desert off Morocco a couple of years back. And it appears to be an earth rock that somehow was flung into space where it stayed for thousands of years before miraculously landing back on the Sahara Desert. No way. That rocks. That's very cool. Those in favour of the theory... (laughs) suspect the rock was first hurled into space after an asteroid pummeled into Earth roughly 10,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Early diagnostic tests show the unusual stone features, the same chemical composition as volcanic rocks on Earth, Mm -hmm. but interestingly, it has a few of its elements seem to have been altered into lighter forms of themselves. These lighter versions are known to occur only upon interacting with energetic cosmic rays in space. Mm-hmm. The general consensus amongst geologists is that the rock is just a rock <laughs> and not a boomerang meteorite. So what? big sad face on that. So they're going to do a bit more testing on it and we'll see what happens. Finally, a launch to look out for today is another Falcon 9 Heavy. So that's when they strap the three boosters together. Mm-hmm. They're sending up the Hughes Jupiter 3 satellite. And hopefully the two side boosters will come back all right, but the third, the middle booster, will be lost, unfortunately, because they need to use all the fuel because the huge Jupiter-3 satellite is freaking heavy. Mm. And that is it for the space news this week. And we're about to sign out on the best science show on community radio, 4ZZZ. It is, of course, no idea. It's been Max and Jay. Thanks to Izzy for coming in. Thanks for all your stories today, Jay. Oh, it's been fantastic. What mm. a fun... We should do Shark Week every week. Shark Week every, every week. Every week, maybe every week we should just do a different creature and just do a little science. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who texted in. Yeah. Thank you to me and V for our pre-recorded <laughs> story from, from 2021. Thanks Thank for you to Terry for the shout-out last week. That was excellent. Yeah, we are uncancelable. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) We'll speak to you next week. See ya.
I'm a goddamn marvel of modern science. science. science.